Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in a relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, eh, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of honest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. All right, so let's turn our Bibles to Acts chapter 28, verse 3. Acts 28, verse 3. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And then let's read Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of the word. Amen. Please take your seat. Hallelujah. You know, we are blessed to, to be here this evening. Yesterday, I was talking to some ladies, and I told them that I'm just hoping and believing God that we will see the privilege that God has made possible for us. Bible says that a soul went forth and sowed seed, and some of the seeds, they fell on good ground, others fell on thorny ground, and others fell on uh, a rocky ground. Is that so? I pray that... Everything that we are hearing in this, in this process of the family conversion I, pray, conversion, I pray that we will not just be hearers of the word, but will be doers of the word also. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 1, it says that if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Most of the time we are willing, but the challenge comes in when we are to obey. I pray that every heart here that is stony, I pray that the Lord will soften it so that the word will, will, will yield results in the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody said that the other time that you cannot sit by a river and wash your hand with saliva. It means that we are blessed to have such a world of knowledge. Every time our father preaches, he preaches something about relationship. No matter how the preaching is, it will, it, it, some way, somehow. It will end, you know, something about relationship. And I pray that those of us who are not married yet will take the nuggets of truth that are being shared here and apply it to our marriages. And those who are married too and facing challenges in their marriages, that by virtue of these teachings that are coming forth, that the Lord will establish our marriages in the mighty name of Jesus. If you are happy, say a believing amen. amen. Okay. So the Bible said in Acts chapter 28 verse 3. We've read it already, so we are not going to read it again. The home front is supposed to be enjoyed. It's a beautiful thing that God created not for us to endure, but to enjoy. Unfortunately, some people are enduring instead of enjoying. So when you look at the home, typically it's like a garden that has been planted. When you are planting a garden, 
you don't go out to plant tares or, or weeds. Is that how you call it? But like it or not, some way, somehow, you plant beautiful flowers and then wheat will pop up. And weeds are part of the, the gardening also because if you try to remove everything, you remove the flowers as well. No be so. So it means that we have to find a strategy to remove the wheat without touching the flowers that are popping up. The Bible says that Paul visited the island of Malta. And then when he went there, he, he picked up some sticks. And then when he wanted to heat up the sticks, a scorpion or a viper popped up. In the home front, when everything is smooth, you will not have any challenges in the home front. I'm preaching on how to resolve conflict in the home or trouble, problem solving in the home. Hallelujah. That's the, the topic. Hallelujah. When everything is going on smoothly, you will not, you, you, everybody will be behaving so perfectly and so beautifully. But when the fire situation comes, when turbulent time comes, which they are bound to come, scorpions pop up, vipers pop up, and the vipers connotes problems or troubles. They pop up. When problems pop up, it doesn't mean that your, your home is cursed or your home is not doing well. It's a natural occurrence. It's supposed to happen. I always say that the only place where there is absolute peace without any hitches is the cemetery. So far as there are two people living in a space in a, or even in a relationship in the home front, by all means, something will pop up. Even siblings, they quarrel every now and then. So if it's something that is bound to happen, I want us to look at the strategies of solving the problem when they pop up. I remember that when we built our house in Cape Coast, we needed, when we did the roofing, we needed the rain to fall so that we'll see if there were some loop, um, the, some holes so that the, the mason, is it the mason, the con contractor will fix the holes that, that, that are there. So you need problems even to know how solid your relationship is. So problems are boosters. So if we need problems to make our home front work, how do we solve problems? And before I go into that, I want you to know that there are certain things that you cannot change when it comes to problem solving about your partner. There are certain things that you cannot change. So your prayer should be, God should give you the grace to change the things that can be changed and to enjoy or tolerate the things that cannot be changed. For instance, if your partner snores, you, you, you can't change it. Sometimes you can't go. I had, I had an experience like that. I was counseling somebody. And it was a problem in their home. He says, my husband snores so much, so we can't sleep in the same space. And I, say, I said that, you know, take a sheet. Write the things that your partner does well. Just oppose it to the snoring. Is it a good enough reason for you to, you know, say that, Charlie, I've had enough? There are certain things that you can tolerate and then move along peacefully. Having said that, I also solved a problem whereby a lady said that the beloved, whenever they have an issue, the beloved gets very angry. And then he will be displaying, sometimes he will throw things about. And he asked me, 
you know, because I said there are certain things you cannot change, so it doesn't mean I have to endure this. No. You have to know the things that can be changed and the things that, that, that cannot. There are certain things, it's a no-no. You have to address it and confront it head on. All right. So, therefore, I want us to quickly look at how does problems arrive? How do they come about? How does problems arrive? Number one, problems arrive when the desires of our hearts are not met. In every relationship, people have desires. I, I, there's something that I want. Everybody has a desire. For example, the desire to be heard and understood. Some people, you might think that they are quiet, but they are not quiet. Because when they are speaking, it's as if nobody is hearing them. So they, they assume the posture of quietness. I'm a quiet person. No, the person is not quiet. The person is, 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 is crying inside because the person is shouting and then it seems like nobody is hearing the person. So that is one of the problem areas. And also the problem to be affirmed. The problem to be affirmed. Some people... They want affirmation. They want, pe they want people to, to encourage them, to tell them that you look good, to tell them that everything is going to be okay. That is all they want. Just affirm me and I'll be okay. You, you don't need to give them money. So it becomes a problem when that desire of their heart is not met. And let me cut it short. I'm going to jump some of the steps I wrote. And for the men, men want to be respected. So it becomes a problem in the home when you are not according your husband the necessary respect that is due him. So sometimes you see that the, the men, when they are in the house, they behave as if they, they don't talk. But when they come outside, they talk so nicely. Because they are like, my wife doesn't, doesn't accord me that respect. I was talking to somebody the other time, and the person said that my wife can look me in the face and tell me I'm foolish. My wife can look me in the face and tell me that I'm not sensible. How can you do such a stupid thing? You're not sensible. You know, men want respect. That is how they were created. If you take away their respect for, from them, they, became, they become very egocentric. And they will misbehave automatically. That is how they are created. One of the areas that causes problems for women also is that women want security. Every woman wants security. Every woman wants to know that I have a shelter, a place that I can come, I can call a home. Every woman wants to know that I am active on my, my husband's mind. That my husband thinks about me. That I am, women naturally want to be cared for. I, I did, I, I saw something on the, on Facebook the other time. And then the man was saying that, no, I'm going to break up. I don't know whether they were married. He said, I'm going to break up with you. And said, why? He says, oh, you never, you never give me anything. And the woman said, but I'm gifty. I'm more than enough for you. <laughs> you know? Women want, want to be showered with blessings, want to be cared, want to be pampered, no matter how old they are. So if you know that, it will solve some of the problems that pop up. Because you might think that, Charlie, I'm doing all that there is 
to do, but still, problems are popping up. These are some of the areas, some of the things that causes problems to pop up in our home front. Another, another thing that causes problems to pop up is when trust is broken. When trust is broken. This is very, very important. I say that when you are in a fresh relationship, your trust page is very bare. I trust you without any, any reservations. I trust you 100%. So I tell people that the little, little lies you tell is needless. You are in a sister's house. And then your, 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 husband, your wife calls you. Oh, Charlie, where are you? Oh, I'm in a car. Oh, I'm coming. And then maybe coincidentally, the, the sister will call. Oh, your husband is even here. Oh. You yourself, you are breaking the trust. It's like a bridge. You are breaking it gradually. My, my music director will say, take breathing, gradually, gradually, release. You yourself, you are gradually, gradually breaking the trust front of your home. And when that happens, the, the, the woman will start misbehaving or the man will start misbehaving. And they become like monitoring spirits. They are monitoring your, your phone. They are monitoring your movement because you have broken the trust front in your home. And when that happens, you owe a responsibility to yourself, the one that broke it, to, to build that bridge back again. Am I preaching? It's powerful. Okay, the next point is, I want to be very quick so that my husband can also come. The next point is temperament. You know, temperament is the basic template with which you are created. That is the natural tendencies for weakness and then for strength. So we have the melancholic, we have the sanguine, we have the choleric, and then we have the phlegmatic. Some people, by virtue of their temperament, it, it, it frames their personality. So some people, by, by virtue of their temperament, they have certain strength. And some people, by virtue of their temperament, they have certain weaknesses. And if you don't conform your temperament to be influenced by the word of God and by the Holy Spirit, what happens is that your temperament will even fight you because that is who I am. Naturally, I'm laid back. I'm a flag. Not me. I'm giving an example. <laughs> so, for, for instance, if the person is a phlegmatic, the person is laid back. And then the wife will be like, why? Why is it that you don't do this? Why is it that you don't do that? And for instance, if you are married to maybe a choleric uh, wife, the choleric person is very domineering, wants to take charge, do things. And the husband will feel like, Charlie, it's like you, are, you want to rule over me. And if that is not checked, what happens is that even the strength, if it's not fine-tuned, it will, it will work to your disadvantage. So you even need to fine-tune the strength that you have. I pray in the name of Jesus that every temperament here will be influenced by the Holy Spirit so that it will work to our advantages in our relationships in the mighty name of Jesus. Okay, the next one is communication. We are looking at how problems arrive. Communication. Sometimes we don't communicate properly. There's a story about um, Jake and the bean, bean stall or something like that. Jake and 
Yes. Jack. So Jack casually threw some words, you know, some seeds. And then the next morning, the seed had grown into a big tree. In our marriage front and in our relationship front, we have to be careful the things that we say. Because words once spoken cannot be taken aback. You might change your stance. But once the words are spoken, you can't take it back. Like maybe you are not happy and you tell your, 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 your husband, like you can't take care of the kids, you are a useless man or something like that. Maybe in the heat of the moment you are really upset, but that is not what you really mean. And because words are seed, your partner will take it and then nurse it. And then over time, when you have moved away from that stance, your partner will still be reflecting. It will still be playing back. I'm foolish. I'm stupid. I'm foolish. I'm stupid. I'm foolish. So the least thing that you do, that doesn't even warrant some reactions. It will pop up. Boom. And then the problem starts. Hallelujah. So I want to advise us and I want to encourage us that we have to be careful how we communicate. It's very, very important. All right. Oh, are you excited? The next one, I want to hurry up so that my boss can also come. That's why I'm rushing a bit. The next one, I want us to read the book of Galatians chapter 6 verse 1. Galatians 6, verse 1. Can I get the NASB version? Do you have it? If you don't have it, I can do with that. It says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness. Meekness there means gentleness in a soft tone, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. I'll get to that. Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. All right. So when it comes to problem solving, one of the things that we have to know is that when, how, and where we address problems are very important. When, how, where. We address problems. They are very, very important. The Bible says that a soft answer, you know, it saves you from distractions. According to Proverbs chapter 15, verse 23, a soft answer. So you might have a case, but assuming that my, my husband does something and I'm not happy about it, and I'm here, and then I'll be looking at my husband's face. Is that how you're going to treat me? After all that we've been through, is that how you're going to treat me? You know, maybe I have a case that how come you are giving attention to, to maybe, um, I'll mention your name. <laughs> how come you are giving attention to this lady and you're not giving me the needed attention? Maybe it's true. You know, because sometimes the way the work is, sometimes the church members need it. And sometimes if I need it, the how I say it, see how I'll say it too. Honey, I love you so much. I, I miss you. you know, I want us to spend some time together. Can you come early, you know, to the house so that at least we can have some dinner or something? I need you, baby. <laughs> you see, 
You see, it's the same way. It's the same problem. But I'm addressing it in a different way. The how you do it is wisdom. The Bible says that by wisdom, your house is built. And communication in communication, you have to be very tactful. Very tactful. Sometimes you, you, you have a problem. But you wait uh, when after a good round of sex. It's for those who are married, please. Maybe after a good round of sex, when your husband is very relaxed, because they say that when the men, they have sex, like they've gone on a journey, how many miles? They've run something, five miles or something like that. So you are tired. So now I have you. I'll give you a special treat. And then I say, honey, baby, this, this, this. That one, it will sink down perfectly. Or you look at a time where maybe your husband is relaxed, has eaten well, or your wife is relaxed and everything. And then... You go and then you address whatever problem that is there. The when, the how, and the where you address problems. They are very, very important. Am I preaching? So when problems arrive, how do we solve it? I always say the first step is to acknowledge that there is a problem. Acknowledge that. There is a problem. It's very important. And I give this scenario sometimes. What happens when you are in the house and then you eat two azafi and then you don't like it and then you throw it under the carpet and then you eat maybe yokogari, you don't like it and then you throw it under the carpet and then you eat maybe wachi, you don't like it and then you throw it under the carpet. Say, oh, I don't like it. I'll just keep it under the carpet. Over time, what happens? It stinks. So when you are not happy about something, you are not happy. If you are not happy and the thing is eating you up, you talk about it. The only time you decide you are not going to talk about it is when you are okay. When you can manage and you can just gloss over it and move beautifully. Then you are not talking about it. It's okay. But when the thing is eating you up, talk about it. Flow. Bearing in mind the when, how, and the where. Talk about it with your partner. And those of us who are, who, are, who are not married yet, I'd like to encourage us. When problems pop up, don't say because you want the guy to marry you, you endure. Some people are enduring all forms of rubbish just because they want to, to, to get married. They want someone to put ring on their finger. Some people, eh, they, they are married, they wish... They wish they can rewind the time so that they can change the decision that they have made. So it's very, very important. If you are not happy about it, talk about it. The, medically, correct me, doctor, if I'm wrong. Medically, they say that internal bleeding kills faster than external bleeding. There are some people, they are bleeding inside. They are bleeding, but nobody knows about it. Nothing happens. So you see people, they are in a relationship. Beautiful. It's as if everything is beautiful. But one party is dying slowly and softly. Because they are not talking about whatever problems that is in the relationship. The next point is in, under acknowledgement is that we don't have to trivialize our partner's... Um, Concerns. Don't trivialize it. Sometimes our maturity levels are different. You know, 
The things that my husband can endure, I cannot endure. I'm being frank because my husband is naturally, me, when I'm not happy about something, you can tell I'm not happy about something, but she's, he's very good. He can manage it very well. And then in due time, we'll talk about it. I remember, can I give an example? I remember when we got married. When I was not happy about something, I still do it every now and then a little bit on a smaller scale, right? <laughs> I remember the when we got married, if I'm not happy about something, oh my God, I would just do light off. I will not, you ask me, he calls me mommy in the house, mommy, are you okay? I'm fine. You know, it, I, oh, where is my food on the table? I'm, I'm going to sleep. See, see, I'm not supposed to be disrespectful, so I'm not disrespecting you. But what he taught me during that period was, you know, when you are not happy and then you are putting on an attitude, you are being all quiet and whatever, it's eating into your love time. The time that the both of you could have spent, you know, talking and enjoying yourself, you are using mood swings. Some of us, we have serious mood swings. So our partners will say that, hey, where are Michael King? That's some of the reasons why people don't talk about it in relationships. Where are Michael King? You're going to light to bear one month. <laughs> or I will not have sex for about one month. So let me just keep quiet and then endure. <laughs> So I want to encourage us, don't trivialize the concerns of your partner. Let's welcome our senior pastor, Reverend Francis Obin. Don't trivialize the concern of your partner. Our pastor shared here the other time that a couple were having a challenge about toothpaste, where it's supposed to be pressed. Some people think that it's supposed to be pressed from the middle. The other partner thought it was supposed to be pressed from the bottom. And it was causing contention in the home. Some people don't mind. But so far as it concerns your partner, it, it might be very stupid in quotes. But once it's worrying your partner, make time and talk about it. All right. The next thing is also pray about the situation. Pray about the situation when there's a problem in the home. Front, pray about the situation. When you pray about it, God will give you the wisdom, even as to how to go about it and address the problem. Sometimes God will tell you, wait a bit. Sometimes, per the atmosphere, you will know that, shall I say it now? Or sometimes, even God will, will tell you that, defer it for you know, future addressment. So it's very important to pray about it. And I noticed that when you pray about it, it gives you some calmness. Even though the situation may be very irritable, you may be very irritated in the spell of the moment. You are very irritated. But once you, pray, you give it time and pray about it, it calms down your temper. So you, you notice that your disposition as to how you address the problem is even better. Do you get my point? Mm -hmm. It's very powerful. And the next point is also that bring up the issue in the spirit of meekness. Bring out the issue in the spirit of meekness. Don't be confrontational. Don't be confrontational. 
Bring up the issue in the spirit of meekness. Don't be confrontational. Don't confront it. When you are confrontational, most of the time your partner will not even listen to you. It will be like you just talk. Uh, when you have done, just I'll just go my somewhere. So you talk. Uh, so is that how to treat a man? Is that how to do this? Is that how? no? Sit down and have have a level-headed discussion with your partner. And when you are doing that, the Bible says that you should be careful when you are doing. Do you remember? In Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, it says you should be careful when you that are spiritual, be careful so that you don't fall. If you are not careful, you that you are addressing the problem, the problem will turn back on you. I'm addressing a genuine problem. But if I'm not careful, the person that I'm addressing or my partner that I'm addressing will use my words to fight against me. Genuinely, my partner has done something that is not good. But your partner will know you are, and then you say something. You, you, you are irresponsible. And there's, eh, you're calling me irresponsible. Then you see that the drift of the conversation changes. You that you have done the bad thing that we are addressing, now you've changed the drift because you weren't careful in your delivery. So be careful as to how you deliver. Okay. And then you also know that be positive that there is a solution. When you are addressing a problem in a relationship, be positive that there is a, especially in the marriage front, be positive. Because when you are positive that there is a, a solution, your, your demeanor, how you are even addressing the problem is, is very interesting. You will not address it like, I'm giving my last, me blastunu, we are me janu. You address it like, I want to save this marriage, so I'm giving my best. I'm not going to free my mind and then walk away. No. If you're addressing a problem in the marriage front, be positive that there is a solution. There is a solution. So, honey, I've noticed that this and this is not going right. How do we go about it? How do we solve it? I want this thing to work. But from the look of things, it's not working. So let's put down, how? How do we do it? Be positive that there is a solution. The next step is identify the causes. What is causing the problem? What is causing the problem? Identify the causes sincerely. Get to the root of the problem. Most of the time, when there's a problem or there's conflict in the home front, we don't get to the root of the problem. And we all know by our little agreed that we did that. If you cut a tree and you don't uproot the, the root, you don't bring out the root, when water pours on it again, the tree will pop up again. No be so. So when you are addressing a, a problem in the home, get to the root cause. Most of the time, eh, can I say something? Most of the time... When we look at uh, the problem surfacially, we will we'll get some signals here and there. It's like when someone is sick. Sometimes you have headache. Headache can con connote a lot of things. Headache can, give me, headache can connote what? That's what? Malaria. Malaria. Headache can connote what? Constipation. 
typhoid, and the least tiredness, stress, and all that. So sometimes, if you don't sit down and delve deep into the root cause, what is causing this problem? You will always be doing pruning in your home. You just prune the tree. And then, when that trigger, that thing that triggers that thing pops up, you see that, that the tree will be growing again. You think, actually, ah, I thought I dealt with this thing, but it's popping up again. Because you didn't deal with whatever is causing that problem. Do you get my point? There's a theory called the iceberg theory. And when you look at the iceberg, you see that the ice about um, 10% shows, but 90% is underneath. So sometimes when you see that the man is throwing tantrums, hey, please, it's a, it's a sign that maybe something is going on somewhere that the man is not happy about and is giving that signal. So when you bring that problem under the microscope, you will notice that the problem that you think is a problem is not the problem. Do you get my point? Maybe the man is always angry because you, you are disrespecting him. Or maybe the woman is angry because the woman doesn't feel secured. Or there's something else. The woman doesn't feel affirmed. The woman doesn't feel loved. That is why the woman is putting up that attitude. The person is very quiet. But naturally, the person is not quiet. I'm just putting that, it's like a facade. It's a cameo to hide the real thing that is worrying me. But if you sit down and address the problem, you notice that, no, all this quietness and this thing that my husband or my wife is doing, that is not the main cause. There is a greater cause. Is it powerful? And that can only be possible when there's transparency. The Bible says that the husband and the wife, they were both naked and they were not ashamed. I said yesterday that we have to create an atmosphere in the home where we can be free. So for the problems that pop up to be solved, we have to, to be able to be naked. You see, when we come out, as you see me so, I'm, I'm well covered and I'm not seeing stuff. Some of you might think my stomach is flat. But for all you know, things are holding things. <laughs> so when we, when we come out in public, a lot of us, we, we smile, we behave as if everything is okay. But we are not okay. So when we come home, in the home front, we should be able to be transparent. My husband, I'm not okay. This and this is eating me up. My wife, this and this is... Be I should be able to be transparent with you. If you are not transparent, whatever the problem is will not be solved. You'll be tolerating it, and then it comes to a point, you get fed up. So be transparent. Open up to your partner. And when your partner is transparent with you, don't use it against your partner. So when I'm transparent with you and I tell you my weaknesses and then you go about using it against me. <laughs> Do I, maybe 
your partner doesn't really want sex and then you ask me, oh, why? And then you tell you, because maybe I've put on for some time. I've put on weight and I'm not confident in my body, blah, 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 blah. So we are solving a problem. I've been very transparent with you. And then you see me eating maybe yogurt. Hey! What problem we eating yogurt? yogurt. Oh, love to bomb. You know, so don't use, you know, the transparency that your, your partner opens up to you. Don't, don't use it against your partner. Let your partner know that my secret is safe with you. That I can be open with you and then I won't go somewhere and see you talking about me. Oh, well, yes, no, you are just disgracing your... Next time, your partner will build a wall of defense around around him or her don't share your partner's problems that your partner opens up to you don't share it don't go about teach it or don't use it against your partner maybe your partner told you that maybe i was raped or something like that that is why a b c d blah 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 or maybe i've been promiscuous over the years that is why that 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 i'm doing a b c d and then maybe when something happens and your partner say i'm not in the mood i don't want to have sex you understand? When the problem popped up, your partner opened up to you, told you stuff. You know, because I'm your, your husband. I'm, I'm supposed to be free. So I'm free. I removed my brazier and saw that my breast is sagging and dropping. And then... And then when I need affirmation from you, you say, when you feel good at the master commissar. You know, so don't use the tools that your partner gives you. Don't use it against your partner. It's very, very important. If you do that, you, you create that atmosphere of transparency in the home front. Another thing is, let me give you one more and then we call it quits. Another thing is that we should be able to forgive. Able to forgive. In marriage, it's only the, the novice who, who thinks that in marriage everything is rose, like in a bed of roses. Challenges pop up in marriage. And marriage is supposed to be two forgiving personalities who have come together. Before even your partner wrongs you, forgive. Expect that something will pop up that you need to forgive. I remember when I was going into labor, they were telling me that the labor um, pains, they are very excruciating. So I was anticipating it. I was expecting the, it to be painful. So when it came... I had built some shock absorbers. And though it was painful, I was able to endure it. So in the marriage fronts, it will work. When problems pop up, it will work when we are able to forgive, even forgive in advance. So the couple should be two forgivers living in a space. It becomes very easy when we do that. Forgive each other. Because Christ is our model and Christ forgives us. And even has forgiven us before even we... So we just go and say, Father, forgive us. And then it's done. Don't hold record of wrongs. 
You know, some people can remember 1914, the things that happened. You know, you can say that this one is a repetitive sin. You do it this, you did it this year, you did it last four years. I was, I was thinking that Ubejai, and then this year too you did it, and then that year too you did it. In the same time, the Bible says that love does not keep record of wrongs. So forgive. Sometimes it's difficult to forgive, but forgive because Christ has forgiven you. Forgive. And the last point is that we should compromise. Compromise. That is in the marital relationship. In the courtship relationship, don't compromise. Sometimes you are going out and you see certain red, red flags. Clear. I remember one time I was helping someone. I was, a, I was friends with somebody. And the person was going to get married. And do you know what happened? Do you want to know? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. The woman was the one buying everything. The engagement. The woman bought from Tinkering to crank crying, everything. So the woman was like, oh, the man doesn't have money, so I'm just helping out. Hey, what a compromise. Don't, there are certain things you shouldn't compromise. Sometimes the, the, the lady called me the other time and said, the man says that he's, he's having blue, is it blue balls you call it? And then he just wants to, you know, sleep with me just once. And it's like, we, we know for sure we'll get married. So just one dear, it won't change the equation. I told, I told the person that, no, you don't compromise. Because I, I talked with the person about compromise. So if I'm supposed, and I said, no, it's not in the relationship front. You compromise, it's not in the relationship, yes. In the relationship, it's in the marital front. You don't compromise certain things. I said yesterday that Christ should be your standard for living. So anything that is against the standard of God, you don't compromise. But in the marital front, you, you have to compromise. You have to. Sometimes your husband may not have that money, blah, 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 blah. You, the woman, sometimes you have to bring the housekeeping money Make sure that everything is going on smoothly in the home. It's a compromise. Because ideally, it's a man's role. Do you get my point? <laughs> in the marital front, when there's no compromise, it can't work. It can't work. It, it, it can't work. Sometimes we have to agree to disagree. Sometimes you have to give concessions. That because I love you, the Bible says that, and the two shall become one. So when you are compromising, don't think it's going against you. You are one body. If you see yourself as one body, it means that my compromise is helping me myself. And most of the time in the home front, the people that compromise most are the women. I'm sorry to say Because if we reckon the fact that the man is the head of the home, if the headmaster sets a, set a rule, the teacher has to obey. Not be so. Because the man is the head of the home. But I always say that if the man is the head, 
the woman I'm the neck, Charlie, I got power. So if you play your cards very well, the man will, will have some meltability. You know, so that the man will not be domineering. And you, the man, can I preach? The fact that you are the head doesn't mean you should, you should be, hey, I'm the head. Hey, my word goes. Anybody who is the head and it's always saying, I'm the head, it means the person is not even confident in himself. We all know you are the head. Why must you always say it? Don't you know I'm the head? Don't you know I'm the boss? I'm in charge. Oh, no, we know it already. Just act like the head. Don't be, be saying it. I'm the head. Oh, I'm the head. Oh, you are just domineering. Do the do. Is it powerful? But sometimes, this is a question I, 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 I add to the compromise. Sometimes when you see that the compromise will collapse something in the home, seek for external help. Because sometimes you are compromising and it can collapse the home. For instance, if you are doing a joint account and your husband says that I'm the head, I'm the boss, so let's maybe put it in men's gold. And then you are in the financial sector. When you look at the profit margins they are putting, you say, no, we can't put everything. So let's put it, you know, at least bit by bit and let's see how it comes out, blah, blah, blah. And your husband still doesn't want to budge. You call someone that your husband reverse so that that person can talk to your husband because if your husband goes ahead to do it, things fall apart. Is it powerful? I pray that the Lord will establish our home front. I pray that every problem that will pop up, the Lord will give us the grace to be able to fight against that problem in the name of Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus that no problem will crush us. I pray in the name of Jesus that problems that come will make us stronger will make us stronger. I pray in the name of Jesus, every home that is undergoing challenges, I pray the grace to resolve problems is released now. I pray that you are blessed and highly favored. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You have been listening to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Locate us at Madina Estate, Accra, off the social welfare road between the Gulf Lane Station and Wawan Washing Bay. Follow us on Facebook at the Keepers House Chapel International. Podcast and audio rima at Reverend Francis Auburn. Visit our website at www.keepershousechapel.org. One word. For further information, call 0244-177-831 or 0204-116-168. Or 0277-532-360. Experiencing Jesus, Bethany Ministries.